This is the San Francisco Experience with your host, Jim Herlihy, Season 5, Episode 4, The Vice Presidential Debate, Kamala Harris versus Mike Pence, Urban Prosecutor Confronts Evangelical Radio Host. Wednesday night's debate was more anticipated than past vice presidential meetups for a host of reasons. Coming on the heels of the first presidential debate, a raucous and acrimonious affair, the nation held its breath to see if there would be a repeat of that boxing match and shouting match. With President Trump quarantined for COVID-19 at the White House and just released from the hospital on Monday, the important role of a vice president and the role that he or she plays in the line of succession in the U.S. Constitution was very much on display and anticipated in tonight's debate. Further, given Joe Biden's age of 77, he would actually be 78 should he be elected and inaugurated on January 20th, 2021. Given his past medical history of two carotid aneurysms, which entailed a seven-month rehab and recuperation period, and further concerns about his cognitive decline, his physical fitness for the highest office in the land is in the minds of many voters. The debate gave Senator Harris her first real introduction to the American people as a potential vice president. While she ran for the Democratic presidential nomination in 2019, participating in many of the earlier candidate forums, her campaign fizzled out before the Iowa caucuses when she withdrew in December 2019. On display Wednesday evening was her knowledge and leadership skills to all voters as a potential president. Vice President Mike Pence came to the debate with several advantages, starting with his incumbency. He is also a skilled and very smooth public speaker, having honed those skills as a radio talk show host in Indianapolis, Indiana, before becoming first a congressman and then governor of his state. Further, he is the odds-on favorite, or at least the front-runner, for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination. He's a known quant to Republican voters and to the American people. He had little to prove in tonight's debate. Senator Harris, on the other hand, had to present herself to the American people as being capable of being one heartbeat away from the office of president. So the stakes were much higher for her than for Vice President Pence. Her muted campaign since Labor Day has very much been a very low-key affair, avoiding the limelight avoiding controversy, and trying not to overshadow her running mate, Joe Biden.
voters generally do not cast their vote for president by giving a lot of weight to the vice president. But Harris's case is different. She also represents a new generation of leadership for the Democrat Party. Thus, she had a bigger and more challenging task in tonight's debate. Vice President Mike Pence was born 1959 in Columbus, Indiana, with five brothers and sisters. He's a graduate of Hanover College and a law school graduate. He served in the U.S. House of Representatives for 13 years before becoming governor of Indiana from 2013 to 2017. He used to be a conservative radio talk show host in Indianapolis. Senator Kamala Harris was born 1965 in Oakland, California, with one sister. She's a graduate of Howard University in Washington, D.C., and a law school graduate. She was elected and served as District Attorney of San Francisco and as Attorney General of the State of California before becoming Senator in 2016. Both Mike Pence and Kamala Harris have been practicing for the debate for several days. Pence has been sparring with Pam Biondi, the former Attorney General of Florida, who has worked with and knows Kamala Harris. Harris, in turn, has been sparring with Pete Buttigieg, the former mayor of South Bend, Indiana, who has worked closely with former Governor Mike Pence. The moderator of the debate was Susan Page, the Washington bureau chief of USA Today. She has been a White House correspondent since 1995 and has interviewed nine U.S. presidents, including six while in office. She personally chose the nine subjects which were discussed in tonight's debate. The debate was hosted by the University of Utah in Salt Lake City, Utah. It ran for 90 minutes and it was divided into nine subject segments of approximately 10 minutes each. Were there any memorable moments like the 1988 Jack Kennedy quip from Lloyd Benson to Dan Quayle? No, but there were no disastrous mistakes either on the part of either debater. Kamala Harris had tried to manage expectations before the debate by saying that Pence was more experienced as a debater, and it's true that he seemed to control the conversation and was more disciplined and on point. But he did duck a key question on pre-existing medical conditions in President Trump's health insurance reforms. Harris, too, ducked a key question on packing the Supreme Court, much like Biden did last week. Moderator Susan Page began with the COVID-19 question starting Kamala Harris. Harris stated that the pandemic was still out of control for lack of a focused national strategy, which Biden 
would bring in should he be elected. Her delivery on COVID was assertive, declaratory, and very well prepared. Probably it was her best exposition of any of the topics presented by Susan Page. Pence parried her attack with a recount of Trump's China travel ban in late January, which Biden at the time said was both xenophobic and hysterical. As an example of Pence's quick wittedness, he referenced Biden's past practice of plagiarizing speeches of opponents and said that Biden had also plagiarized Donald Trump's COVID plan. Harris repeatedly hit Pence with the 210,000 COVID deaths, which have resulted since January of 2020. However, Pence turned that around very deftly, and he retorted that deaths could have reached 2 million based on what Dr. Anthony Fauci had told the president early this year, if we had not closed travel to and from China. Harris said that she would be first in line for a new vaccine if doctors and science endorsed it, but demurred taking the vaccine if it was Trump who had recommended it and was pushing it. Again, Pence pounced on her and that wisecrack in particular by saying that both she and Biden were undermining the American people's confidence in promising new vaccines. And he said there are actually five out there right now in testing. Biden and Trump's advanced ages of 77 and 74, respectively, prompted Susan Page's next segment when she asked them both if they had spoken with their leaders about presidential disability. What would their role as a vice president be in the event of the president suffering a debilitating illness or an incapacitating illness? Wisely, both Harris and Pence sidestepped the issue. Traditionally, vice presidents never want to be seen as being overly solicitous about the president's good health and the president's ability to discharge his duties. Doing so is most definitely a career-limiting move. But Mike Pence got in a zinger on the 2009 swine flu mini-pandemic that Biden was in charge of during the Obama administration. He quoted Ron Klain, Biden's chief of staff at the time, who said that they had gotten everything wrong on that swine flu epidemic and pandemic. So touche for Mike Pence. Susan Page also pointedly charged both campaigns of being less than candid on their leader's full health picture that is to say, both for Biden and for Trump. But neither Harris nor Pence took the bait, 
and both of them danced around their responses. So Susan Page quickly moved on to the economy. Harris claimed that Trump and Pence benefited from Obama's strong economic recovery. But Pence refuted that notion, saying that it was the weakest economic recovery since the Great Depression. Pre-COVID, the Trump administration added 11 million new jobs to the economy and cut red tape, taxes, regulations, all of which would return under Joe Biden, according to Vice President Pence. The Green New Deal came up and was mentioned as being on the Democratic Party website as a Biden plan, though last week Biden had rejected the Green New Deal. He said, and then it became, he said, she said on fracking, is Biden for it? Is Harris for it or against it? And additionally, Pence charged that Biden would be very weak on China. Climate change, and specifically West Coast wildfires, as well as increased hurricane activity in the Gulf, came up. And Pence went on the offensive, singing the praises of clean air and water while lambasting poor forest management policies. Though he did praise California Governor Gavin Newsom for working with the federal government on new forest management practices. Kamala Harris repeatedly said no new taxes on anyone earning less than $400,000 a year. But Mike Pence caught her again, quoting Biden in last week's debate, saying that he'd repeal the Trump tax cuts day one. And don't forget, those Trump tax cuts gave an average of $2,000 annual tax savings to working class families. So Kamala Harris was not able to rebut that point that Pence made. China and our complex relationship came up, and the question was posed by Susan Page as to whether or not China is our enemy or our competitor, or both. Harris said that the U.S. has lost the trade war with tariffs that had increased prices for imports for the American consumer. But Mike Pence hit back, saying that Biden was a cheerleader for China, but he did not talk... But fortunately, he did not talk about Hunter Biden's lucrative business dealings in Beijing. Foreign policy and the lowering of prestige of American power came up, with Harris hitting the unilaterally Iran nuclear deal withdrawal by the Trump administration. But Pence made the terrorism argument personal by referencing Kaylee M's murder at the hands of ISIS. Kaylee's parents were sitting in the audience there in Salt Lake City. And Pence further said that Biden had even dithered about going after Osama bin Laden when he could have voted earlier to go after 
and assassinate Osama bin Laden. Harris simply consoled Kaylee's grieving parents and moved on to the next subject, which was even tougher. The Supreme Court hearings on Amy Coney Barrett's nomination begin Monday, October 12th, and Senator Harris acknowledged her role on the Senate Judiciary, Judiciary Committee. Mike Pence came at her with Feinstein's dogma question and her own ill-advised Knights of Columbus questions to appeal court nominees. Harris criticized, though did not name some of Trump's nominees to the appeal court as being completely incompetent. She also took exception to Pence's inference that she and Joe Biden were without religion. She defended herself, saying that both she and Biden were people of faith. But on the key issue of packing the Supreme Court, if Barrett is approved, she, like Joe Biden, refused to answer. Mike Pence pressed her on her refusal to state her position and said that the American people should reject the Biden-Harris ticket on the court packing plan, declaring, quote, she never answered the question, unquote. On the subject of racial justice, Kamala Harris was forthright and clear. She stated that justice was not done in the Breonna Taylor case in Louisville, Kentucky. Further, but without referencing George Floyd by name, she said she had protested for equal justice under the law, though she would never condone violence. The police need to be reformed, she asserted, and a Biden administration will ban the use of the carotid chokehold and institute a bad cop national registry. Further, marijuana will be decriminalized. Mike Pence supported the grand jury findings in the Breonna Taylor case. And there was no excuse, he said, for what happened to George Floyd. By the same token, there was no excuse for looting, rioting, and the mayhem that we saw in America's cities throughout the summer. Moving into the closing moments, Kamala Harris launched into a white supremacy diatribe, accusing President Trump of same. Pence criticized the media, and Harris in particular, for editing out Trump's explicit common condemnation after last week's debate of both the Ku Klux Klan and the Proud Boys, which are both white supremacy groups. Finally, the election and a peaceful transfer of power was the last question. Kamala Harris diplomatically urged everyone to vote for a clear result. While Pence said that the Trump-Pence ticket will win, so will there, there will be no need for a transfer of power. Again, both of them were diplomatic in their response to transfer of power, and I would have expected nothing less. In closing, 
Both Kamala Harris and Mike Pence achieved what both set out to do in the first place. Kamala Harris introduced herself to the American public as a solid and capable vice presidential candidate. Even Mike Pence acknowledged the historic nature of her candidacy. He, on the other hand, achieved his goal, which was to steady the SS Trump, which had hit an iceberg in last week's debate, was taking on water and was listing to the right after the incendiary debate fiasco of last week. Pence's calm, controlled, and measured responses were on point, in contrast to the president's style in last week's debate. He never let a charge or an attack go unanswered, however, but he did so in a polished and professional and controlled manner. No one lost their temper. No one told anyone to shut up, man. No one's abysmal college record was paraded before the nation. Pence's delivery, delivery was deliberate, albeit somewhat slow, but very much in control and very polished. The moderator, Susan Page, was too much of a control freak, in my opinion, trying to keep to nine segments and constantly chiding both candidates for exceeding their time. She should have used a different format, knowing that politicians love to speak. With 27 days left to election day and two more presidential debates, one of which is next week, let's hope that tonight's encounter raises the bar for next week's performance. This is the San Francisco Experience and your host, Jim Herlihy, reporting from San Francisco, America's favorite city. Thank you.